So this evening, I want to have uh, invite on the show uh, Crispin Son, who is a parent at Springfield Girls Convent and Company Director, who resigned from. Actually, let me let, let me. You, you've heard enough from me. I will allow. Let me welcome Crispin to the show. Good evening, Crispin. How are you? Hi, Phil. Good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Crispin, could you please? Um, I don't want to misrepresent anything, and I've I've said way too much anyway so far. <laughs> but uh, you've you tendered your resignation, and uh, could you please exp- uh, just explain to our listeners what was the chairperson representing on the PTA on the board of Springfield Convent? That's what you mm. were. Is that correct? That's right. That's right. Well, yeah, if I look at. Um it was uh, sort of, it, it culminated in my resignation on Thursday evening, and it uh, sort of, uh, there was a long run-up to it. Um, I was ch- I resigned as chairperson of the PTA, mm-hmm. but um, as the chairperson of the PTA, I am the only parent representative on the board uh, of the school. The rest of the board is made up of people appointed by the Dominican sisters. It's chaired by uh, Judah February, oh, yes. who is the chair of the of the board of Springfield. And we've had a long-standing um, uh, engagement with the school mm-hmm. as well as with the board on the lack of transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, we feel the whole non-racial agenda at the school has not been supported by the board. Um, and we found as parents that, you know, after many board members have served for four, between 14 and 20 years, there were a range of constitutional irregularities um, in, in the way the board um, conducted itself and in the way um, it approached a certain project at the school. And we felt that it were, as parents, we raised this matter with the school um, and with the board in 2018. The head of the Dominican order, the regional prize, is Sister Frances, mm-hmm. undertook to ensure that the constitution will be reviewed to have broader parent representation. And unanimously, just uh, uh, unilaterally, sorry, just made the decision to revoke that um, uh, parent representation. Initially, parents were invited, two parents and two staff members. And the reason for the staff being involved in the staff and the parents have a very strong desire to see the promotion of a non-racial school, uh, to see transformation happening at the school, to create an inclusive environment. And we felt that the board has been um, negligent um, in its ability to support and drive this process. And we got to the point on Thursday evening that the only, and I resigned, but there were four other people who resigned, four other um, members among that, my predecessor, Graham Wilson and uh, Richard Walsh, who also resigned. Uh, in protest for the lack of transformation that was taking place at the school. Uh, no, no, Franklin, I... I apologize humbly. No problem at all. <laughs> Crispin, um, I, 
I'm illegally pre- prevented from from saying too much, but let me let me let me try and, and ask the question this way. Mm. Um, when people talk about in, in in institutions of higher learning, they say, "Look at all these black students we have; we're transformed." And then you look <laughs> at this, look, and you look at this, the teacher's body, and you go, "But it's exactly the same people." teaching them exactly the same things that they've been teaching them for the last 70 years. So that is the type of transformation that is missing sometimes. Mm. How far off the mark am I there? Now, remember, that's a hypothetical. Remember, I'm not allowed to say what happened to me at (laughs) Nelson Mandela University. So that's a hypothetical situation. (laughs) You can't say it, and I haven't heard. No, so look, I think the whole... When we deal with creating a non-racial environment, and um, and particularly at an institution, let's call it basic education, because in this case it's a it's a basic education, it's a junior school and a high school. I think at one level it's very simple. Um, at one level, you want to admit people to the school a who can afford it, so there's a level of exclusivity, financial exclusivity, firstly, when it comes to private schools. Mm -hmm. The second thing is that there must be a reasonable level of ability Mm-hmm. Um, at the school, you must be have, have the ability to 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 thrive and to to contribute and work at the school and to to meet the academic standard. And then I think that thirdly, you must have just the capability to socialise within the community. I mean, those are sort of the general stuff that's required. But then there's a duty of care of the school to ensure that when you enter those gates and you make meet those requirements, and in some cases, um, uh, students are extended financial bursaries to, to be inclusive, uh, for the school to be inclusive, and that's often a bad school's way. You know, so in this instance, we're talking about Springfield Convent, but let's extend the net a little wider. Let's extend the net to, because it's not, it's not only Springfield that's afflicted by this. Um, it's been many other schools have been in the media recently. <clears throat> so once once you open and you've you've set those criteria, irrespective of race, sexual orientation, or let's assume religion, mm. the person has access. Then surely the institution has a, a duty of care to make sure that students are felt welcome, that they're nurtured, and that they encourage to live an authentic, full life at that school. They mustn't be expected, because of their background, to assimilate into a dominant culture. Right. And, and that's, I think, where things start going wrong at institutions. A, you mentioned the issue of curriculum. Curriculum is one component of it, what they get taught. The other component of it is, how do they socialize at that school? But in Springfield's case specifically, it was the one of the first schools nationally to allow girls of color to enter the school. And so the chairperson, Judith February, is a past pupil of the school. Right. And they, the board, in our opinion, as teachers, as, as parents, has done very little and have been absolutely delinquent in creating an environment for a non-racial environment to, to, to flourish at the school. And that is what I think people 
and, uh, and parents have protested. I joined the PTA in an attempt to start influencing that process. But the intransigence of the board and then also the constitutional irregularity, on occasion, they have amended the constitution retroactively, retroactively to remedy a mistake. Right. So, you know, if, if it's the, the equivalent is if somebody steals something and it's wrong by the law and the constitution, you then change the law retroactively to make that action legal. That's the kind of process that's been followed. So we just don't think that's a good governance. We just don't think it's regular and legal. And we also don't think it's a great example for a school. And, you know, Judith talks publicly about constitutional matters and she comments on it. So that's a disappointment for us. Mm. So that's the, that's the issue that we've, we've, we've particularly raised. And we've raised it with the sisters who own the school and who have the right to appoint whoever to the board, mm. but have systematically excluded parents. Systematically right. excluded parents from participation. And that's where I think when you come to curriculum again and socialization, where parents are saying we'd like to play a role in, in setting that and understanding what our kids are taught, how they get socialized and how they get brought up to play a meaningful role into the broader South Africa. You know, I, I, uh, I, while you're on the line, I just want to remind our listeners that we have uh, on the line Crispin Son, uh, and you can call us at at o two one four four six o five six seven. Drop us a WhatsApp message at o seven two five six seven one five six seven. We want to hear from you. We're discussing uh, the the nature uh, and the perversive, uh, the perversity and the the pervasive nature of of racism uh, and selection within schools, within private schools, and in education. Now, uh, Crispin, your letter of resignation is is covers a lot of these things. Is it publicly available? It is. Uh, well. You know that too is 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 uncertain at this stage. Right. It's been circulated to all the the members of the PTA now, so mm-hmm. everyone, every parent was part of the PTA, and then the class reps have it. So it's mm-hmm. certainly in the parent domain. Right. But one of the challenges, and why I, I reflect on this for a second, is that is that one of the challenges we've had is that I've, as a member of the board, and I believe this is not unique to Springfield, the chairperson has repeatedly reminded me that the discussions of the, of the board is confidential. And so being a, pers- a bridge between the parent body through the PTA and the board, it makes it very difficult to provide regular feedback to parents. Mm. And obviously there are sensitive matters when you're dealing with performance issues of staff, when you're dealing with remuneration issues. Those are just obviously things that must remain sensitive and confidential. But, you know, when there's this structure where a, a, a body like the teaching staff the teaching staff are excluded from that that forum, as and so is the parents. Then you know something's wrong because two core stakeholder bodies are not represented at that structure. And so you asked me the letters available. I'm assuming it's in the public domain because it's gotten to the parents, and the parents can pretty much do what what they want to. So the long the long answer I've given, the short answer is yes. <laughs> Oh, let me just uh, read out a, a WhatsApp message. 
uh, and the, the 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 it's it's from anonymous who says how do, how does stepping down from the PTA affect change? If we need voices of persons of color, how does stepping down achieve mm. this? Mm. If this matter is of such concern, we need people of color to stay the course to ensure that these measures are taken. If we walk away from the table, we admit defeat, we close doors and hearts. How would you respond to that? Mm. Great question. Um, So, look, let me say I'm privy to communications that have happened and engagements that have happened with the Dominican sisters and with the school since 1984, where parents have engaged through the structures to try and say, look, we appreciate that you're allowing access for our daughters, but you need to create an environment that fosters non-racialism. And that gives them a space where they're safe. That's been going on, let's assume, since 1984. And it's happening within the structures. And we're now in 2020. I participated in the structure. My predecessor is an individual, Graham Wilson, who operated within the structure. And I've now been in touch through this process with previous chairs of the PTA who've sent me emails of their experiences. So which has not been different to mine. Previous teachers at the school, white and of color, have been in in touch with me who are talking about the experiences at the school around the issue of non-racialism. So we got to the realization that working within the structure is is too constraining. We can't make a difference there because we one voice out of many we need, and we had great hope. And I'll tell you what drove the decision. We had great hope that it would change because a, a very senior uh, sister in the Dominican order was appointed to review the Constitution to be more inclusive of parents and of teaching staff. And that, the, Judith February, the chair of the board, just sent out a letter to say that process will no longer be executed the way parents had expected. Mm -hmm. So there'll be a light review. Inclusivity is not guaranteed. And we realize that we're just lending legitimacy Mm -hmm. to the structure by sitting there with a hope. One voice, my voice is one out of nine. I'm one out of nine voices to bring about change. So we're sitting there with a hope that we're going to bring about change. And it's not likely to happen. So we have to move outside of the structure and start working with like-minded parents to figure out a different way to bring influence into the system, to influence the system differently. Well, the, the, the Dominican sisters, sisters according to um, one understanding that I have, have stated their in, intention to review the Constitution, which in turn could impact the tenure of the current board. And, and you made the argument that the board is conflicted and cannot oversee this process themselves and that the issue of governments and tenure were first raised at the school in mid-2018. And, you know, there's a need for reflection, you said, and you, but, but it's hard to accept that two years later uh, there's been limited movement. Is, am I being unfair? Uh, look, to, 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 I'm going to go one step further. I'm mm. being diplomatic when I say limited movement in my letter. No movement. Let's start with no. Okay. Zero, nothing. Okay. <laughs> Promises and review. Now, two years on. Now, one of the board members, 
I'm very tempted to mention his name because as a senior director on listed company boards, mentioned to us as concerned parents at the board that he has seen parents like us come and go. So the challenge, I, the, what I, the inference I take from that is they play the game of keeping you in the system until your kids leave and, you know, then you move on. Then the inconvenience has passed and they can revert back to the status quo. That is, that, 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 that statement, I, I, I'll probably get in trouble, I'm not going to say it, but <laughs> I can't believe that, that that was said to you, but... Uh, let me let me let me let me let me let me ask you a question just related schools play an important role uh in the certification process you know they hold the key to advancement of students but you have to actually adhere to what they want you to adhere to before they certify you and enable you to move forward. So they hold on to what I refer to as a body of knowledge. They say, this is who we are. We are the sisters or whatever that, whatever it might be. We, w- this is who we are. To be certified by us, you have to be like this. So, how does one affect that change? Because you spoke about socializing and culture. It's, it's basically, you know, this, I, this is not what they're saying, but this is what I'm saying. So it's like saying to someone, come and join us, be like us, and mm. then we'll certify you to go ahead to the next stage. So, so Ishmael, look, I, I, can, I can only say I have not seen and I'm not party to a social media group of past pupils. Right. From what I hear, it is a group of more than I know, uh, uh, more than eighty students. I, I, you know, I, I don't know how big the group is, but from what I've heard and what's been relayed to me, and particularly since my resignation, lots of the information that's been shared with me are girls of color mm. who have who have suffered trauma trauma at the hands of senior people at the school. Now, they must tell their own story, and I hope there's an opportunity, and they feel the courage and strength of conviction to tell their stories. So what happens in a space like that is that what we spoke about earlier, you get admitted to the, to the institution, but as long as you assimilate right. be, as you say <laughs> something that you 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 fit into the cookie cutter that's correct then you're okay but if your hair is different if you right. you know bring a different dynamic to that diverse environment which is part of what i would assume is what we call our non-racial agenda in south africa and right. i would argue globally right. because being non-racial means you bring something different. You bring some. You bring a different life, lived experience. Your 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 year is different. Your skin color is different. You, you bring something different to that space. But then the pain that I'm reflecting on and from a lot of the the past pupils who talk about this is that their lived experience is one where they've suffered 
trauma because they've stopped being the authentic self. They mm-hmm. then have to assimilate into an environment mm-hmm. and endure everything that goes with, forsake their own identity, and the trauma is extended to the fact that they go home to their parents who make great financial sacrifices for them to be there, and then their parents say, listen, suck it up, live with it, because you've got a bit opportunity than we've had, and this is part of a better life for you. So they don't, that's, that, that happens in some families, I, I hope not in all, so they live this, this dual life. Yeah, yeah. And then when things like this surface, which I've now understood, a lot of girls are now talking to each other for the first time and realizing that they have a common, a shared experience. And our beginning, it's cathartic because they're sharing this experience and they, they're dealing with it. Um, what then happens is it builds into resentment. And what we are simply saying as parents, and I must emphasize this point, this is a parent like myself of color and white parents collectively who are saying we want a different environment in our school and in other schools where kids who come in can live their best authentic life who they are, not having to assimilate into something that somebody wants them to be. Right. Crispin, let me just, I should make the point that although you resigned, you have offered to make yourself available and that you will remain an an agent for change and you're happy to join with parents who are committed to the same ideals. Is that correct? Yeah, and it's not a flippant comment. Um, Look, my daughter remains at the school. She loves the, or she wants to be there. She's built a social network. They are friends. We chose the school voluntarily. We love the Christian and Catholic ethos. I was at a Catholic school. We love the values, the stated values of the school. And then the second part of it is I've also realized if I move my daughter to another school, which other school doesn't have this problem? Which other school? I'll, I'll have to start this journey all over at another school because the options, you know, this is a problem that afflicts most of the schools. And at least here, I think I have a coalition mm. of non-racial parents who want the same thing, and that I'm certain of. So at least that I've, uh, we've got a base to start moving from. So I've said, within that context, I'd be happy to do it to the extent that they consider me useful. Christman, I want to thank you for coming onto the show this evening, and I apologize for referring to you as Franklin. Thank you. <laughs> no, it's, it's a compliment. Thank you.